Welcome to Box 2, brought to you in partnership with Best Westerns Hotel GB, supporting local, proudly independent hotels. I'm your host, Jamie Jones Buchanan, and each week I'll be sitting down with players, staff and special guests around Leeds Rhinos to tell their stories, preview upcoming weeks at the club and chat about all things Rhinos. Let's see who I've got in the hot seat for this episode. I'm joined by the Leeds Rhinos Player Welfare Officer, Nigel Johnson. Nigel, thanks for coming on Box 2. Um, big win for the boys at the weekend. Now, you're in charge of player welfare, and I would describe Nigel as being like the fertiliser that fertilises the, the ground, the organic, diverse ground of the garden of the Leeds Rhinos. The little seeds of potential that gets planted here through our players, men, women, wheelchair, are allowed to flourish and thrive because of the work that you do, the great work. Now, we obviously got a great win on the weekend and I imagine those water cooler conversations that will form part of your weekly process will be a little bit more positive. You were there at the game, how were the guys after the win? Yeah, really, really happy after the win. Um, I think they really wanted that one on Saturday and, and uh, they got stuck in on the day and, uh, and made it happen. What's the difference, obviously, playing? And I had this conversation at the weekend, actually, in reference to some other teams. I suppose competence and getting that gratification, satisfaction, just doing your job really well. I imagine as a workman or woman in any, in any occupation, you don't have to necessarily be happy to go home and feel content in the great work that you've done. That's what we do when we, when we, when we work. Um, for players, though, sometimes, and there is an element of being happy, especially in a roller coaster season. And the irony is, as well, that happy players tend to play better or can do. What's been your observations last week and certainly this year in terms of players being happy, content, and then obviously performing? Yeah, I think most athletes uh, are competitive and, yeah. and they like to win. Um, and when they do win, it's certainly a better atmosphere uh, that, that week after that uh, to when they do lose. Um, you know, and and they're happy, and they're more content, and they're ready to get on with with what they're going to do next, which is which is obviously Wigan this week. And I'm buzzing for Sam Rosone. Comes over here, comes with his partner Georgia Hale, who was one of the first guests on Box Two. Unfortunately, I had to go home. She went home to play in the NRLW, and I imagine for you that's a scenario that I've I've not experienced in because I've grown up locally as a local lad, always been around a real strong support network. Some of these players come 12,000 miles and they've got to forge new relationships, identities within this environment. And as a club, obviously, we want to support them as much as we can. When your partner, I imagine, goes home, there's a challenge there for Sammy and I imagine any other player as well. But he seems to have thrived, certainly on the on the field. Scores his first try this week. At all, and if that ain't enough, he goes and gets himself a hat-trick. What a great performance. I'm over at Moon for you, Sammy. What dealings have you had with Sammy or some of those players that do come over here, you know, the overseas lads and those dynamic relationships when the partners come or, or, or don't come along? Yeah, I think with Sammy, I think, you know, like we know, his partner came over with him but went back to play back in the NRL. So, you know, he's, he, he was, he, he accepted that and, and, and took that on board and... and uh, and but make sure, and we try to make sure he's still in regular contact there, and and that's daily contact with, with, with his partner, and and uh, making sure that happens. Uh, Sammy has just come out of his shell, you know, yeah. over the last few weeks. He's a real, real character, um, and he's a joy to be around. Uh, the three tries on Saturday were just absolutely fantastic, weren't they? What was it like at changing rooms after? Oh, he, he didn't get to the changing rooms. He got brought off five minutes before, and he was absolutely buzzing. He were like. 
He was like Tigger jumping around the bench. Uh, you couldn't <laughs> believe it. Who were more, some of the more contagious players in the team within that enthusiasm, the other ones that really pass on the, the vibes, the happy vibes within the group? Mm, yeah, he's, he's certainly one. He's yeah. certainly one. Um, you know, uh, Cam Smith, uh, another, Mikhail Oledsky, real character. Uh, you know, and he passes that 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 on all that all that infectious smile. You know, when Mickey's smiling, um, the squad tends to smile. And I imagine it's something you have to do a lot of work with as well. Certainly, those developing players, and I'm thinking at likes of Morgan Gannon, Jack Simfield, you know, Max Simpson. We've got a lot of young boys. Even Harry Newman is obviously a, a more experienced player. We've got a lot of young lads who are almost a victim of their own success, become successful at such a young age, but certainly need that, that support as well from a welfare point of view. How much work have you done with, like, say, Jack and, and young Morgan in the last year or two? Yeah, constantly really checking in with them too. They've had a tough couple of years because of, obviously, the, the studies that they've been going through. That's been affected by COVID, and then they've now got, they've got finally through that stage, and they've, they've done their A-levels, and they've done the college work. And uh, I kind of, at the moment, just leave them alone, just check, check in with them, and because... They just want some space at the minute. They just want the uh, the last thing I want to do now is talk about education to them. Now they want some time of uh, of, of moving forward and, and enjoying what they're doing. And tell me a bit about your history within uh, welfare because you've had a couple of stints, haven't you? Uh, Leeds, you've been around as well. Spent some time mm. at Bradford, Warrington, um, and it's big now. Welfare, the welfare of players, and certainly when you've got a club that's not just a, a man's team. We're here at the Leeds Rhinos, really fortunate to have such a diverse group of individuals in the, the men's, women's, the wheelchair, the, the learning and physical disability teams, even the netball. So there's a, a lot of people to look after within the course of this family. Give us a bit of an insight into the background and how you got into that role. Yeah, well, I started my career as um, a 16-year-old miner in the mining industry and, uh, and worked uh, underground for, for 14 years. Um, and I moved away from that and went into development. Um, I was the first, and I think I've been the only Irish development officer for Rugby League in Ireland, uh, which I covered all, all Ireland and getting the international team going and some schools programmes going over there. Uh, returned back and worked in some foundations, um, Bradford and Leeds. Uh, while I were doing that, me and my wife uh, fostered 23 children over 14 years. Wow. Uh, and it was, was while I was doing that, I, I qualified as, as a mentor, coach, counsellor and... Uh, and it was a conversation I was having with a, a Super League coach that went on for about an hour and a half that were, were struggling uh, once upon a time. And I come off the phone and my wife said, well, what are you doing? I said, what do you mean what I'm doing? She says, well, what are you doing talking to him all that time? Why don't you turn it into something? Why don't you turn your skills into, into sport? And that's what I did. And I set up a company called Swan CMC. And that's been going for about eight years now. Brilliant. Just tell me a bit about the, the fostering. There's obviously a, a care and a social work and a benevolence about you, your character. And it's, it's interesting. People used to say, don't know, what would I have been if I'd have been a rugby player? And I think growing up, there were two threads, either architect or social worker. I don't know if they both got together, but in, in many ways, there's an element of building something there. But it always revolves around people. That's who I am. And I guess with our roles, you know, in a culture diversity and inclusion role, it all falls under the, the social element of environmental, social and governance. So we, in some cases, work together. And, you know, you've been in a few meetings where I'm just not qualified to do what you do exceptionally well. So what, what is it about your background that encourages you to foster? And then 
want this sort of benevolent, altruistic group of um, people to look after. Mm. I think that really goes back a long time to um, when I was about 18 year old. Um, right. My grandma had, had dementia and, and care wasn't that great then and she had to live on her own. Um, my mum couldn't kind of handle the deterioration of my grandma so I sort of grabbed the bull by the horns and took care of my grandma for, for a couple of years before she passed away and, uh, and, and that's caring for people is just something I've done after that that's just continued all the time. Um, you know, working in the mines and going through the strike, um, seeing people in, in hardship then um, really, really um, got my juices going and, uh, and wanted to, to contribute and help people and, and I've sort of done that most of my life now. Let's explore that a little bit. I think it's really interesting. I remember I was a trustee at Red Ladder Theatre Company who used theatre to tell the stories of some social injustice. And I remember they did one play called We're Not Going Back and it was about the 1984 miners' strikes. And what was really relevant is that the setting was in and around that rhubarb triangle, so Wakefield, Featherstone, Castleford, real core rugby league areas. And the miners' strikes almost, or rugby league, became the glue that still held people together despite this real contentious period in, in our northern, certainly, history. Um, and brothers well, living in the same house might cross picket lines or being against each other, but real political views are, are born out of that. What were your experiences during the minor strikes and how did that inform your sort of political, I suppose, social views? Yeah, I think I've always had social views. My father was, um, he wasn't in the mining industry actually, he was in the engineering industry and he ended up climbing the ladder pretty high in, in, uh, in trade unions and, right. uh, and had a, a, a real post in, in, in his, his trade union. Um, so I've, I've sort of always had those, those working class socialist views um, and, and, and that, that's how it's been, I've been brought up with that really. I think it's, uh, it's important to have an identity. You mentioned uh, engineering there, civil engineering, Smeaton. I was talking about uh, John Smeaton being one of ours. I think it's 300 years since John Smeaton was born. The, the chocolate box lighthouses uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, the bridges that got built. I suppose when you think about some iconic people within in Leeds, um, he's certainly one of them. J just thinking about welfare then in rugby league, I think RL Cares, Movember, um, and certainly within Clubland, welfare has become a really important and prevalent issue, certainly within the context of sport in general, looking after individuals' well-being, physical or mental well-being, mental health, fitness, whatever you want to call it or describe it. How have you seen that change or progress in rugby league in the last sort of couple of decades? Yeah, uh, I was speaking to someone, I forget who it was now, a couple of months ago, about how, it, how to me it's gone full circle. Right. Um, I knew for many industries back in my day, um, they all had welfare departments and welfare clubs. Um, I know the mines I worked with always had a welfare club at the end of the mine lane, uh, where you used to go with some issues that you might have. Inevitably, the treatment might have been eight pints at 25p, hurt them <laughs> days, but, um, but it was somewhere where you could get support. And then that moved away from industry and everything. Uh, where it was non-existent, but yeah. even now I can see some of these big blue chip companies, you know, the likes of Google and face, Facebook and, and, and companies like that, Microsoft, that are really, really concentrating on the welfare of, yeah. of the staff. And 
inevitably, you know, we've got to have welfare for players within sport and that's all sport really. Because the sacrifices that these players do have to make, you know, it's a unique job. Yeah. It's not like any other job. Um, it has its benefits, but it also has its pitfalls as well. I, I always reflect on my experience as a player. Didn't have, I think the big thing for me was social media. Obviously, self-image plays a big part, and I imagine the light that social media shines on individuals is a huge part of uh, well-being, or certainly the way that people perceive themselves. Um, and I guess every age generation is relevant. There's, there's probably four key things that I always reflect on, and certainly within my own life, and that is my physical well-being, how much exercise I get, what I put in the mouth, mental well-being, I think, is fed in somewhat by that. You know, for me, running maybe on the morning or training is almost like a meditation. Now, it's not about performance, getting a win on the weekend. Uh, but then the most important things is having this purpose, what are you good at, how do you thrive? And you just mentioned there, you know, being tipped up into, well, you're having a conversation there, you seem to love it, why don't you make something of it? And you've made what you're great or enjoy doing into a, into a career. And then the belonging, so a place to apply that trade, that craft. You found that belonging at the Leeds Rhinos and multiple places within the context of, of rugby league. What, what are important, what are some of the more important constituent parts for a rugby league players these days that you try and encourage and there's no such thing as one size fits all by any means but what are some of the important elements to look out for within the sport i think biggest realization with rugby players and any sports per, per, uh, person that people don't kind of get is that that they're like you the real people yeah so 70 to 80 percent of the issues that they have are issues that you would have probably you know right. um we all go through, through, you know, we all may go through a struggling relationship. We all may lose somebody in his lives that we love. Um, so there's a lot of lot of things that you deal with players that actually, you know, it's being a human that, that, that they're going through these issues. And what does a, a, a week look like for you? And I know, listen, every week it's going to be different, isn't it? And you're going to have different challenges that come through the door, some of the knocks that you might get on a Monday morning. But what, what do you typically expect to see and deal with during a typical week? Um, typical week will be just getting around the players, checking in with them, making sure they're all right. Um, I have a great relationship with, with, with the coaching staff and the medical staff, which is really important where, yeah. where the, they can let me know if they feel that somebody's having an issue and I can check in with them that might have gone past my radar. Um, and then, you know, I'll uh, look at the, the wider uh, context of the club and look at the other teams in the club or the staff uh, that might be needing some, some support and, uh, and continue through my, work, my week working through that support, really. And quite often, you know, I, I've got this phrase at the minute, I probably mention it every week, like connection over content. Quite often we can overcomplicate things by going, right, well, this is the scientific, psychological way of dealing with and therefore looking after people's well-being. But actually, I've just found me that human beings are quite organic and we started off with this illustration that you're almost like a fertiliser within the fertile, diverse soil of the Lidrinos and we can't manufacture what manifests out of that floor. Mm. All we can do is provide an environment, you put the seeds in and the things that grow out of it are wonderful. And I'm, I go home with a great sense of you know, satisfaction and gratification for what I see at Edinley, at the Rhinos, at Kirkstall training ground, almost daily. Mm. Um, is that what's important, do you think? Is just that people come together, have those connections and almost have a shared pain 
pain might not be the best word, but through adversity, share that adversity and stay connected. Because that's a word Rowan, Chev Walker used a lot on the, the chair last week, connection. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, but I think an important thing is is none of us can do that if we don't have what I'd call a psychologically, psychologically safe environment. Yeah. If we cannot have that environment where it's safe to say what we feel yeah. um, without being judged, without having his head bitten off, um, that can't be created. Those those things that we need to do uh, to get close to, pe pe to each other, uh, to support each other, that proves difficult if you, don't, if you don't have that environment. And we talked uh, last week with James Donaldson, announced his testimonial, and he shared with us a little bit about what he's been doing off the field in preparation for when he does finally hang up the boots. And also some of the sort of dual um, symbiotic elements that he's got going on in the background, whether it be study or his, his milkshake sales. Uh, born out, I suppose, of growing up on a farm and having this real industrial mentality that I think shines through his game. There's other players as well, like Corey Johnson, who augment their playing career with further studies, apprenticeships, education. And that's real a real core element of uh, performance for a, a rugby player, a sportsman or woman that we encourage as a club. And I imagine you'll have seen the fruits of that that development as well in several players over the course of your career. Is it something that you would encourage? Yeah, it's interesting the two players that you just mentioned there, Corey and James. Um, James Donaldson, just just to, to me, he's a model pro and he's a model person. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he the adversities that he's gone through in his life, that, you know, with his injuries and... Um, and it is just bounced back every time. I will often say to young lads, you know, go and have a coffee with James because you know, <laughs> he'll have better answers for for the, for what your issues are than than me. Um, and and to his credit, he obliges every time. Uh, he's brilliant. And Corey, um, another great example of of you know, he left the game uh, not too long ago and decided he wanted to be a rugby player. Um, but then decided he, he did want to be a rugby player right. and came back. Um, that takes some doing that. Yeah. Um, brave. For a young guy, it's brave. Yeah. And not only has he come back and, and, and started training and playing well, but he, you know, a couple of years ago, he grabbed over hold of the, his education as well and uh, and he's going into his third year of his degree now and, uh, and, and, and just thriving. Um, so, yeah, interesting you mentioned those two. It's quite interesting that the players that are doing any training the, for 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 the the post rugby career or education yeah. are usually content and usually don't knock on my door. Love that word. I love that word, content. I think that's the word I was alluding to at the start there. Being content, contentment is it's a missed trick. I think a lot of people when people think about happiness, where that dopamine rush comes from, where. We want to get excited to things. Being content in any situation, I think, is is the gold standard, the highest level for me. Um, and you do see a lot of that. It's interesting you mentioned Corey Johnson. He made his debut in my final game in 2019, September, against Warrington, and I presented him the shirt. And I tell the story quite often because it's a funny one, talking. I remember saying to him in the changing rooms, I hope you play for 20 years like I did, because when I'm about 60, I want to say I played with that lad and he was unbelievable. Then he retired and went away, and I'm like, what's he doing? 
but then he's come back, he's been outstanding, he's been great around the place and um, I think that, that bravery really shines and it, you know, the, the, it's true, players who do have extra things going on tend to play for a little bit longer and uh, at a higher level as well. Uh, Caitlin Beavers is another example uh, of our women's team who's, who's joined up with Red Centrix. He's been doing some apprenticeships there and again growing. It's no coincidence she scored some unbelievable tries like they did, uh, when, like she did when we played at Wembley uh, just a few weeks back. They got a massive win against St Helens in the weekend just gone and as part of the double header they'll be playing before our men's team this Saturday kicking off at 12.15 but just talking about the, the club in its totality, Lois Forsell must be a coach here spend a bit of time with. How much work do you do with our women's team? Yeah, um, we, have, we have both with Lois and, and, and uh, Ellis uh, have a close connection there and, and they'll bring forward some issues that they might have with some of their players and I'll, I'll see them uh, if, if, if need, need being seen. Um, I think it goes for all the squads as well. It's not always me that's the answer. Um, some, people will, will, um, some people will come to me and say, you know, um, this is the problem that I've got, this is the issue that I've got, and I'll say, whoa, you need to go and have a coffee with this person over here because yeah. they've been through it and just get some experience what they went through. And you know, and if, if, if you need to come back in here, come back in here and we'll, we'll take it further. Mate, I love what you're saying there. Just really quick, there was, um, and I, I don't think they'll mind me mentioning them either. I'm part of, I'm an ambassador for Leeds Learning Alliance uh, and Simon Flowers of Car Man is a huge part of that. And he invited me uh, along to their school and I was blown away by the kids. And without going into too much detail, the, there's a consistency of language that they use right across the school. And there's a, a method through which they inform everybody, teachers and pupils, exactly what's important that week, what's been important the previous week and where they're going. You know, when you're talking about ships sailing to a destination, they know exactly what port they're sailing to. And what fascinated me was if there are, and it was very rare by the way, if there are any contentious issues within the class, as in, a, uh, I don't know, a pupil might be playing up, they allow the other pupils to go deal with it and they've had a much better success rate. So within the context of a sporting environment, you, you're talking there about going over a uh, conversation with James Donaldson. How important is that to use the players to not fix themselves, but create a, an equilibrium, a, nor a normality, if you like, and, and look after each other rather than yourself being the sole face of any interventions? Yeah, it helps create that safe environment because they can talk to each other. They can talk to each other about each issues that they're having. And generally, they've had similar issues. Yeah. And they've had similar problems. You know, and so it really helps that they get down together and, 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 and they discuss them. And our wheelchair team this uh, weekend got a big win at the edge at Leeds University beating yeah, Wigan. And I think uh, points difference uh, being considered, it'll be tough for them to be caught this year. So it looks like the wheelchair team are going to finish top of the league. Another great year for James Simpson and uh, his, his players. Which is fantastic, isn't it? You yeah. Know, um, you know, they just continue to be, to be successful, don't they? Yeah, um, they certainly do. Great. It's unbelievable. And uh, you're seeing some real growth as well in the numbers of wheelchair participants. Our reserves team are in action against Wigan Thursday night at 7pm. I think that's their last game of the season. We've just mentioned there uh, the women double header at 12.15 before the men's game. And then the big event there, the men playing against Wigan. We've had some epic games against them this year, um, having a considerable win over at the DW Stadium, and then a close one, a bit of a contentious one in the Challenge Cup. How much will the boys be looking forward to this weekend? 
Well, I think they're always looking forward to play against Wigan, especially Wigan at Edinley. I think every game that the players play at Edinley, they absolute, absolutely love it. Um, so, yeah, they'll be up for the challenge this week and, uh, and raring to go, I should imagine. Yeah, when we're back at home, Edinley Stadium, I love it. I love the festival atmosphere. Certainly them afternoon kick-offs at 2.45pm. Get yourself down there. And our PDRL teams in action as well over at Bradford uh, Festival. So if you can get across and support our physical disability rugby league team, please do so. I can't wait for this weekend. The boys can't wait. Nigel's just told us. Really looking forward to that. So hope to see you here at Edinley Stadium. Big thanks for Nigel Johnson, our player welfare officer, for all the work that he does keeping those thriving players doing just that, reaching and fulfilling their potential. Hope to see you this weekend. In the meantime, have a wonderful week. God bless.